Welcome in to Vern's Post Game Show. Massey not stopping in second and slides into third with a two-run triple. Here's Josh Vernier. All right, interested to see where this one goes. I'm always curious what the crowd is like on a Sunday afternoon. This is either going to be a very long, miserable post-game show, or it's going to be a very short, miserable post-game show. I'm, I'm happy to spend the afternoon with you. Phone lines are open. Let me give you the number right out of the gate. 913-586-7610. One more time, it's the text line number as well. The J Southland Tow Service text line, 913-586-7610. Uh, forgive me if I sound distracted. I'm just looking throughout baseball history. Seeing how quick some of the other teams in baseball history, how quick they reached the depths of 45 games below 500. I'll save you the research. I mean, I won't even tell you because it's so disappointing. What I will tell you is it is a final from New York. 8-5, Royals lose. Um, If you miss the game, if you're one of the uh, brave individuals that has downloaded or subscribed to the All Things Vern podcast, if you're listening to the postgame show later on, Sunday, Monday, and you miss the game? Because some people have told me, you know, Vern, I don't even watch the games anymore. I, I, I listen to the post-game show. You get me caught up on what happened, and it saves me two and a half hours of heartbreak. Well, if that sounds like you and you miss this game, whatever aspect of bad baseball annoys you most, it happened today. Yeah, I don't care what you enjoy. The opposite of enjoying home runs is not seeing home runs. The opposite of enjoying terrific starting pitching is seeing your starting pitcher post an ERA of six. Whatever aspect of bad baseball sticks in your craw, this game was for you. Everybody's craw has something stuck in it? I, I, don't, I, I don't really understand uh, that phrase. I mean, it was on display, whatever it is. Um, a lack of offensive execution, check. Defensive miscues that turn into runs, check. Base running mistakes that likely cost you a run, check. Your starting pitcher taking you out of the game for all intents and purposes, right out of the gate, check. And your bullpen giving up multiple runs, check, 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 and check. Unreal. Phone lines are open for you, 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. 7-6-10. Now, we can dissect each and every one of those five aspects of the game. Right, that's what I'm talking about. Whatever you were good at in high school or junior high or little league or t-ball, whatever made you say, you know what, I kind of like baseball. I, I like hitting. I like throwing. I like running. I like catching. I like pitching. 
whatever drew you to the game disappointed you today in this 8-5 Royals loss. I hate to sound cold about it, but that's those are the cold hard facts. Remember cold hard facts? Back in the day on Sports Center, back in the glory days. Anyway, uh, phone lines are open for you. 913-586-7610. Boy, oh boy, Royals now head to Cleveland. They open up a three-game set with the Guardians tomorrow night, 610 for the first pitch. All right, let's hear from you. Uh, okay, perfect. What a way to start a Sunday afternoon in Kansas City. Let's head out to Hyde Park. Welcome in Cheryl. Cheryl, thank you very much. I am uh, sitting here in my broadcast studio right now looking at your very Aww. kind gift that was able Aww. to be uh, uh, transferred to me via the tremendous Vahe Gregorian. So a hearty thank yes. you, Cheryl, for both myself and my wife. She thinks it's beautiful Aww. as well. Oh, I'm so glad she got to see it. And thanks, this, thanks, thanks, thanks so much. It was a wonderful game where I met you, I got to see Shohei Otani, and um, that's a biggie for somebody that's 86 years old and may not get to travel to, um, you know, a lot of the um, ballparks. So I was happy to see Shohei Otani, and I was kind of extra thrilled to have a couple of minutes with you. It was really special for me. It was my pleasure. What my question is, uh, and first, I'd like to say I've been enjoying this. I, I love to play the Yankees. Uh, uh, you know, in my household, every time we heard we played the Yankees, it was always those damn Yankees, those damn Yankees. So I, I, I just kind of like the challenge. I like the setting. Uh, it's very historic. I think it's good for our team to play there, um, no matter what their win loss record is. And um, I, I am just extremely aware of the cold hard facts but there's just something in me that just doesn't want to go there every darn minute uh during a game i i follow the pitching and i thought brady singer had some brilliant uh throws yesterday and um you know i just i guess i'm just old-fashioned enough where i want to hang on to those and um uh just i'm just so happy i can be a part of the royals game not every town has a major league baseball team so we have a lot to uh, i think hang on to our royals and and give them all the support we can give them and um you know kind of give them a knock when they need it and that goes for ownership on but um my my kind of question here is and now that i that you know how long my baseball interests have lasted so you know when I was watching, growing up in St. Louis, watching the St. Louis Cardinals. It was put the ball in play, put the ball in play. Stan Musial, uh, the gas house game. I mean, they wanted to put the ball in play. So I, 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 all I hear is home run, home run, home run. You know, I, I'm not a fan of the home run. I, I guess right. I'm just put me down in the column of I am not a fan of the home run until someone gets it through my head that that is the way we're going to win games. Uh, I, I just don't see it. Well, um, Cheryl, you know, like you know. You, you, yeah, no, no, you, you, you're, you're, you're dead on. Thanks for the phone call. And again, thanks for the kind gift. I enjoyed spending that time with you as well at the ballpark. That was a memory I'll never forget either. 
Uh, but you bring up your time in St. Louis and now being out here in Kansas City, you just think about those two franchises. When they're winning, it's by putting the ball in play, save a few of those uh, Albert Pujols championship ball clubs. Okay, yeah, when you get one of the greatest to ever do it, okay, yeah, you, you, you can sit and wait for him to mentally destroy Brad Lidge. But you know, the, the Whitey Herzog Royals, the Whitey Herzog Cardinals, the Ned Yost Royals, those teams won by putting the ball in play. The Dick Hauser Royals, you win by putting the ball in play and pitching well. Yes, uh, that was one of the many... Uh, maddening aspects of today's 8-5 loss. If you missed it, Royals had second and third with one out in the second inning. Now they trail 4-0, but you got two guys in scoring position. You can have the deficit with one good swing. Two on, one out, all you gotta do. And I, I understand it's easier said than done, but they're professionals. I'm not asking uh, you to do it, Cheryl. I'm not asking uh, you know, Dusty Likens to do it. We're asking the best of the best, the 26 men that this organization has tasked and has given the responsibility of wearing that Royals uniform. Two on, one out, Nick Prado put the ball in play, does it, strikes out swinging. Two on, two outs, Drew Waters, drive them in, pick up Nick Prado, does it, strikes out swinging. Bobby Witt Jr. in the third inning with the Royals trailing 4 nothing still. Bobby's on second base with two outs. MJ, drive him home. Pick up the offense. Doesn't. Strikes out swinging. I mean, I could keep going. We, we go to the eighth inning. Royals somehow still in this game. Down 5-3. Two on, one out. Runners on the corners. Salvador Perez at the plate. Salvi, I don't need to explain anything to you. Got to put the ball in play. Doesn't. Strikes out swinging. Two on, two out, eighth inning, down by three. It's now up to Michael Massey. Pick up the team. Get them back into this one. Let's salvage one in the Bronx. Doesn't. Strikes out swinging. Like I said, whatever aspect of baseball you enjoy, whatever aspect of bad baseball disappoints you most, it was on display today. Offensively defensively, on the base paths, your starting pitcher, and your bullpen. The Royals are 45 games below 500, 101 games into the season. They certainly earned that today. Boy, oh boy. And Cheryl, to your point about Brady Singer, uh, yes, he was very good yesterday, as good as he's been all season. Yeah, I'd say what we saw yesterday was the best Brady Singer of 2023. And if you read the story on MLB.com after the game, you know, Brady's never been shy about acknowledging his love of the big stage, the bright lights. Honestly, I think the big market and the playoff push and true pressure. He hasn't played in a pressurized situation since making it to the big leagues, right? Royals haven't played a pressurized game outside of the month of April. Now Brady really heaping the praise on Yankee Stadium in that big market, New York. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts to drift a little bit, start if his eyes begin to wander. This is something that I talked about last season with Brady. He's a winner. Uh, he needs to win. He's... Uh, 
as competitive as anyone you're going to find inside that Royals clubhouse. This organization needs to put a winner around them, or else, well, we all know, or else, or else you're going to lose him, or else he's going to politely say, hey, can I get out of here, please? Can you move me? I've had enough. Let's go to Calvin in Independence. Calvin, you're on 610 Sports Radio. Go ahead. Yeah, it's disappointing to hear these guys making these errors, throwing the ball and stuff. I mean, I know they work on that. First baseman throwing it to first or to the pitcher. I mean, I know they work on them kind of things. I mean, it's, and then you take Salvi. I think Salvi's just trying too hard. You know, he can't carry this team. He's just got to play his game. Yep. You know, and and I think I I really think that he's hurting himself. You know, he's he's a true Hall of Famer, but you know, the more he plays here, it's going to hurt him. But if he's traded, that could hurt him too. You know, not for playing sure. for the same organization throughout your career. But yeah, it's it's hard to sit and listen to these guys. You know, you have runners on the corners, you know, and you can't hit a long fly ball out to get a run home. Not even making I mean, just contact. Just put the ball on the bat, you know. What are you doing, not looking at the ball or what? You know, I mean, uh, I, mean I, I kind of feel sorry for them, but it's kind of hard to feel sorry for them. You know, they just... They got to learn the field, and they got to understand it's just one game. Play that game and move on. You know the starting pitching. Yeah, yeah, he gave up four runs in the first, but he battled. He gave you some innings. You know, saved your bullpen some. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, four runs is a lot of runs, but you know, it's not more than you should be able to overcome at times. You're right. You know, we've seen this team score eleven runs the other day. You know, and they just barely won that one. You know, Barlow, I mean, I don't know what's the matter with him. You know, I mean, pressure situations. We try to save the game a little bit. If we if he don't give up what he what he ends up giving on errors to me as basically errors that gave gave them right. runs up. Okay. Right. Yeah. If that don't happen only, only one of them was charged to Barlow. Yep, go ahead. Yeah, you know, if that don't happen we're 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 tied we're tied but that but that's baseball right that that's professional yeah. sports yeah. it's always a play yeah. here a play there that separate the winner yeah. and loser yeah yeah and and i think i think that's what what this team's got to understand is you know just don't worry about making two just make one I got you, Calvin wow. kind of okay pop, yep okay yep, yep. okay kind of pop it I like hearing you Bernie. Okay, I like hearing you, buddy. I appreciate it. Okay. I like hearing you as well. It's a great voice uh, and and a bunch of terrific points that I could build on, um, add to, but I agree wholeheartedly. Salvi, uh, the defense, Jordan Lyles, Scott Barlow. uh, Later on, Calvin, I'll, I'll address each one of those four points, but I agree. I'll add on to them a little bit later, but I want to keep going with the phone calls. Great call. Let's go to Corey and Gardner. Corey, you're on 610 Sports Radio as the Royals lose 8-5. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Let's try Steven in Overland Park. Looks like we lost Corey. Steven, what's going on, boss? 
Hey, Vern. Well, at least the athletics are uh, are only leading one zero, so we might we not might not be the worst team in baseball once again. So we can root for the the Astros. But uh, isn't it time to put Scott Barlow out? You know, put him out of his misery and euthanize him, except for uh, situations and mop up mop up time. We're we're destroying his value by keep throwing him out out there. There's no there's no purpose in this other than other than just to keep him practiced, keep him fresh for uh, for a mop-up duty. I mean, what this is totally, totally futile. I don't care if we lose. I don't care if we lose the next twenty games. We need to start getting well, value. They might do that no matter what. The, well, we have eighteen guys who are not who are potentially going to be traded. I don't know why Scott Barlow is special. I don't know why he's more special. Start clearing the deck. Start getting getting rid of all these. Start euthanizing all these guys and get right. get get rid Second of them and time get with some the value for next year. Just, you know. All right, Steve, I got you, buddy. I appreciate the phone call. All right, he's got his notebook. He must have wrote euthanize. I want to say that twice about these humans. It's weird. You're a weird guy, Stephen. Let's go to Sandy in Leewood. Sandy, you're on six ten Sports Radio. Go ahead. Burn, how you doing today? I'm doing all right. A little creeped out by that last caller. Uh, that's okay. So let's let's talk um, to the staples here, okay? Uh, I've been a season ticket holder for since I was a kid, really, going back to the Kansas City A's. Unfortunately, probably this is the worst team the Kansas City franchise has ever been involved with. I understand the situation trying to build within. I understand the situation of trying to evaluate players. But there comes a point where the evaluation process overrides the process of teaching. And right now, you made a lot of comments about it. We're, they're not being taught the game of baseball. They're thrown out in the field. Let's see what you can do. Let's see how you can field. Let's see what you do with runners on base without understanding the strike zone, understanding situational baseball. Like you said, you know, keep the line moving, which we don't do, swinging at terrible pitches, uh, getting caught on first base on a pickoff move. When you're losing oh, four to man. nothing, trying oh. to steal when you're losing four to nothing. I mean, winning is a art. It's just like the game of baseball or any sport. You have to be taught how to win. Also, winners win because they come from an analogy of how to win. I'm sorry, this whole coaching staff and right now, the front office is not really teaching how to win. That might not be their number one priority. But it should be a priority for this team is teaching players not only how to field, how to hit, how to pitch, which we have never, we haven't done, we haven't learned pitching in, I don't know, got to be 20 years at least before we really develop any pitching, maybe longer. But that's the concern I have. I give tickets away, I go to the games, I get frustrated like everybody else, and I'm a fan. The term fanatic goes with me. But it comes a point where you just, you're losing, you lose interest because. You're not seeing anything different on a daily basis. Great phone call, Sandy. Appreciate it. Hope to hear from you more often moving forward. Terrific. Um, you know, the, I didn't have an issue with Bobby Witt trying to steal there in the sixth inning. Uh, yeah, yeah, Royals down four runs. You're right. Uh, that's just me. I'm not saying I'm right. Uh, but, yeah, Michael Garcia getting picked off of first base after a one-out base hit in the third inning. Down four runs at that point. Bobby coming up. Then MJ and Salvi, you know. We, I got no issue with you being aggressive on the base pass, but it's got to be smart aggression. Can't be getting picked off. 
Uh, yeah, I'll, Sandy, I, I'm going to let that call stand on its own. That I'll, I'll expand. I'll talk more about the coaching staff moving forward. Still got to address what we heard there from Calvin. Appreciate the phone calls. Keep them going. Phone lines are open, 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. Royals have lost 8 of 10 since the All-Star break, including each of the last five. They're swept out of the Bronx, losing the finale 8-5. The final score, they head to Cleveland to start up a three-game set beginning tomorrow night. Quick timeout. We get back to your thoughts after this. Burns Post Game Show on your home for Royals Baseball, 610 Sports Radio, and the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Vern's Post Game Show. Here's Royals insider Josh Vernier. Just scrolling through the text line right now. We got a lot of good text messages, uh, shockingly, coming in. Get to those in a moment. Welcome back. Royals lose 8 5 to the Yankees. They're swept by the Pinstripers. Now head to Cleveland. Uh, Ryan Yarbrough goes tomorrow in the opener. Zach Granke on Tuesday night, and then Alec Marsh in the finale Wednesday afternoon. Every game right here on 610 Sports Radio. Jordan Lyles takes the loss. He's now 1-12 on the season. He gives up four runs in the first inning, has a lengthy battle with the Yankees' leadoff hitter, uh, loses that battle as he singles to right field, and then after a long battle with one hitter, you're trying to retire the next batter quickly. Throws a get-me-over fastball to Glaber Torres, and uh, Torres got that one. Belts it for a two-run home run. Before Jordan Lyles records an out, Royals find themselves down 2 nothing, 4 nothing after one. They find themselves down 5 nothing after three. Royals get on the board in the fourth inning. Salvador Perez snaps it 0 for 15. As he takes a 2-1 offering from Luis Severino. Takes it over the right field wall. It was a fastball on the outside part of the plate. Went with it. Ends in long skid without a home run. It's been a month since Salvi went bridge. 76 plate appearances without a home run. It's big fly number 16 for the great number 13. Salvi ties Bobby Witt Jr. for the team lead and puts the Royals on the board. It's now 5-1 Yankees after four. Royals would chip away with two more in the sixth inning as Michael Massey hits a two-run bomb, a two-out, two-run home run in the sixth inning to cut the deficit down to two. 5-3 after six, and it would remain 5-3 until the eighth inning. That's when Scott Barlow came in, not protecting a lead, not a save situation, but the guy hasn't pitched since Tuesday. You want to get him some work, they bring him in there in the eighth inning. He gives up a leadoff single to Anthony Rizzo after an 11-pitch battle. Then he walks D.J. LeMahieu. So first and second with nobody out, sacrifice bunt from Harrison Bader advances the runner, second and third with one out. They intentionally walk the next batter, loading the bases. The very next hitter rolls over one, or excuse me, grounds it to the right side. Nick Prado dives, mishandles the ball, and as he rolls over, he makes a blind flip to the bag. Scott Barlow's not there. He was on his way. Barlow was hustling over to the bag. He was just led a little too far by Nick Prado. A blind toss, shockingly, backfires. Because unless you're Patrick Mahomes or Magic Johnson, know the targets. 
Prado with that blind flip. It rolls into the Yankees' dugout. Two unearned runs come in to score. A two-run game turns into a uh, five-run game as three runs come in to score. Only one of them charged to Scott Barlow. So it's eight to three going to the ninth inning. Royals get two solo bombs, one from Freddie Fermin, another from Kyle Isbell. Cleans up the final score a little bit, but it wasn't as close as that 8-5 final would indicate. Royals lose. They're now 45 games below 500. The quickest in franchise history any team has fallen to these depths. The previous record, hold, record holders were the 2018 Royals. It took them 113 games to fall 45 below. This team did it 12 games quicker. Phone lines are open, 913-586-7610. Again, that's 913-586-7610. For Mean, by the way, 125 plate appearances now this season. It's not the largest of sample size, especially with how sporadic his playing time is. Still, 125 times he's come to the dish. He's got an 830 OPS. Batting average of 293. He's got a dozen extra base hits. I'm not saying sit Salvi down. Right? I, I, I went on and on on my on-deck show earlier today about what Salvi's presence in the lineup means. Because we all know Salvi's grinding through something. Is it the hamstring? Keep in mind. Uh, Salvi is, you know, since suffering that hamstring injury that put him on the bench for a couple of days, he's now, what, one for 19? One for 19 with that home run in the fourth inning. Career home run number 239. He's now 78 away from George Brett for the most in franchise history. So maybe it's the hamstring. Maybe it's that eye procedure that he had. Since that eye procedure, which was 18 games ago, Salvi has a batting average of a buck seventy-five. He's grinding through something, but the example that he's setting, not taking that, not pulling that escape hatch, not saying, "Hey, put me on the IL. I'm an eight-time All-Star. I'm one of the greatest players to ever wear this jersey. How about I take a little break here? How about I don't associate myself with this garbage ball club in 2023?" Not Salvi. No. No, no, uh, cover up the bruises, tape up the injuries, do what you need to do, training staff, but I feel all right to play, put me in the lineup. Again, you can make a case that maybe the team would be better off with Salvi on the IL for a few weeks, allowing Freddie to play, uh, giving some other young bat, I don't know who that is, but giving some other young bat the opportunity to take four hacks every single night. Maybe that would be the better move for the 2023 Royals in this evaluation season? Maybe. I don't think so. I think the example that Salvi is setting by uh, giving Matt Quatrero the thumbs up, saying, I want to play, I want to go out there and fight with these kids that haven't won anything, that haven't been to all-star games, that aren't on a path to Cooperstown, a lot of them won't even be in the big leagues when Salvi calls it a career. Yeah, I want to continue to battle with them. I want to continue to lose alongside them. 
I think that example outweighs anything that can be gained by more Freddie Fermin or more young batters getting looks in Salvi's absence. So with all that being said, Salvi DHing more isn't a bad idea. I, 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 ju I just, I'm having a very difficult time coming up with a reason why Freddie Fermin doesn't belong in the lineup. He's earned it. He's performing offensively and defensively. I gave you his offensive statistics. He throws out a base runner today for the 11th time. 11 caught stealings in 34 attempts. That throw that he made to Michael Massey to get Bowers in, what, the seventh inning? Absolutely perfect throw by Freddie Fermin. I would love to see him in there. Uh, three, four times a week. And behind the dish, too. I'm not saying he's taking Salvi's job, but but I'm sorry, Edward Olivares, you're not getting as many at-bats at, at, at DH. Sorry, you, you might be on the bench more. Maybe you view Edward Olivares as a trade piece. Maybe you want to showcase him these nine days leading into the draft. Maybe. Okay, fine. Whatever. Not saying take Salvi out of the lineup, but move him to DH for a while. I need to see more Freddie Fermin. He's earned it. He's in it to go back what Sandy and Lee Wood said about what does this team, what does this coaching staff prioritize? Is it teaching? Is it just, all right, here are the nine. We're just going to sit back and watch and evaluate, see if you guys know how to play baseball or not. You can tell me all you want about an evaluation season. But when a guy earns at-bats, everyone in the clubhouse knows. And this isn't a Matt Duffy situation. Matt Duffy knew what it was when he signed up. He, he knew, he, I'm the veteran, I'm basically a coach on the field. Now, Freddie Fermin is young, much younger than Matt Duffy, both in big league experience and you know, age. Everyone in that clubhouse knows Freddie Fermin deserves more opportunities. Because every time you give him one, he takes advantage of it. Got to reward that, in my opinion. That sets a tone in the clubhouse. That, that sets a tone throughout the organization. Hey, if you do what they're asking you to do, you'll get more opportunities. Very impressed with Freddie Fermin. He was one of five Royals to have multi-hit days. Fermin, Massey, Melendez, Garcia... And Bobby Witt Jr., who now leads the team with 29 multi-hit games. Phone lines are open for you. The text line is there as well. The J Southland Tow Service text line, 913-586-7610. From the text line in the 913, Vern, we keep hearing this is an evaluation season. Well, the evaluation period is going to end with this being one of the worst teams in baseball history. Who's going to be held accountable for that in the front office? Good question. Um, I don't think anyone in the front office is going to be held accountable in the way that it seems as if uh, you want them to be. As far as losing their job, I, I don't think that's going to happen. The accountability, in my opinion will be showcased in roster turnover. You're going to tell me it's an evaluation season. 
You're going to make this entire fan base grind through this campaign that right now has you on pace for 117 losses, by far the worst in franchise history. Right current record is 106. They're going to far exceed that right now at their current pace. So you're going to make us watch this, this much inexperienced, these unproven position players for 162 games. The only way I can embrace that is if you're running them out there every single day to eliminate all excuses. You know those excuses that we've made over the past few seasons of, well, if you look at what Mondesi did in September, boy, you can really dream on that. If you, if you look at what Hunter Dozier did from June 15th until August 1st, he was one of the best in baseball. Eliminate all of that. Abide by the results of this evaluation season. Turn this roster over in a big way. Cincinnati did that. You can do that. So I don't think someone's going to lose their job as far as the front office is concerned, but a lot of these guys on the 40-man roster may lose their job. And if they don't, right, if they don't abide by the results of this evaluation season, then I think we have a, a different conversation as it pertains to the front office. Right, if they, if they try to repackage this next year, yeah, um, we'll all be agitated. And we'll all have microphones on this show. Text line's always there for you. 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. Raj in the Ozarks gives this team a D-minus in base running this year. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know what they get a passing grade on. I don't know what they get above. A D. Yeah, base running certainly disappointing, uh, especially when you go back to what Cheryl said to open up our show. There's there's just certain things that are supposed to be synonymous with Royals baseball. Well, maybe maybe just synonymous with winning Royals baseball. Winning Royals baseball always aligns itself with quality base running. Most winning baseball aligns itself with quality base running. I'm uh, not seeing that. Didn't see that today as uh, Michael Garcia picked off of first base in the third inning with his team down by four runs. Uh, back to the text line from the 816. Thank you, Dr. Vern, for your daily therapy session with us. We depend on you to get through this. Well, I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Dan from Independence writes in, Vern, are they really trying to ruin any trade value with Scott Barlow? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think they are. I, I think the goal was to put him on the New York stage to give him the chance to audition for New York and the other teams that are scouting New York. That didn't work out. Hasn't worked out recently. But Scott Barlow, to me, is 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 a throwback in that. You get the best of him when you put him in pressurized situations, when he's trying to hang on to a lead. I understand what happened last Tuesday. But for his career, give him a safe situation. He's going to find his way through it. Royals put him in there with his team down by two, a non-safe situation. And you look at this season, uh, Barlow better 
and you look at his career better in the big moments. Now, to the bigger picture of Barlow's trade value, yeah, I it, I don't know what it is. Although, I'm no longer expecting a return larger than what you got for Aroldis Chapman. So that means you're now accepting less than. You know, now we're starting to get close to the Whit Merrifield move, where while making the move or marinating over a possible move of Scott Barlow, you you sit there and regret what could have been if you traded Barlow, if you traded Merrifield years previous. Because suddenly, I mean, shoot, I could ask you guys, what, do you think Scott Barlow's a closer on a championship team? There might not be a bigger Scott Barlow fan, period, than me. As far as media, Kansas City Royals, uh, me. I don't know if he's a closer on a championship team, uh, not because he doesn't have the stuff, but because he's never pitched in a really big game. Yes, he's faced big league pressure. Right? You're not going to tell me that when Scott Barlow's got runners in scoring position in the game on the line, even though he's pitching for a bad team, you can't tell me that there's not pressure. But I'm talking about October pressure. That That's a horse of a different color. He's He's never faced that. Royals haven't played a big game with Scott Barlow ever. I mean, outside of the month of April. So if I'm an opposing GM, I'm holding that over J.J. Piccolo's head. I'm also going to bring up the fact that, okay, you're, you you want me to acquire this seventh-inning guy, this eighth-inning guy, uh, who I'm happy to use this year down the stretch and into the postseason, but then i got to pay him seven, eight, nine million dollars next year to be my seventh or eighth-inning guy? No, no, no. No, I'm not giving you Cole Reagans. I'm not giving you a big league-ready starter. Maybe I'll give you multiple pitchers down in the minor leagues, and, and you can hope and wish and pray one of those lottery ticket caches. So, yeah, I don't think it's the Royals' fault in 2023 that Scott Barlow's trade value has taken a significant hit. Now, maybe the... Indecision, not indecision, but maybe the decision to, to hang on to him last year or the year before that, maybe those decisions really start to sting a little bit more than they did in the moment. But I'm not uh, certain that Scott Barlow gets moved in the next nine days. This offseason, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't... I, I would be shocked if Scott Barlow's on this team opening day 2024, but I'm no longer certain that he's going to be moved prior to the deadline. Royals lose 8-5. to five. They head to Cleveland to open up a three-game series before taking an off day coming up on Thursday. Text lines open for you, 913-586-7610. Again, that's 913-586-7610. Henry from Topeka writes in, Vern, today's game was a D-minus. The only reason it's not an F is because we didn't get shut out. That's the bar, ladies and gentlemen. That's the bar. Vern, the only bright spot, and I barely want to count it as a bright spot, was the fact that we didn't get shut out. 
Yeah, really doubling down on that. Yeah, that's um, that's unfortunate. Um, Twelve times, I believe, the Royals right now are still tied for the major league lead as far as being shutouts. Now, they put five on the board, but it's not enough. The loss, again, goes to Jordan Lyles. He's now 1-12. 913-586-7610. Lyles allowing two home runs today. First time he's done that in almost two months. I spent a large chunk of the on-deck show explaining just how uh, average, which is a compliment, just how average Jordan Lyles has been since the beginning of June, how he's not the reason why this team is in this tailspin thus far. Now today, yeah, if you want, you can lay this loss at his feet, but I think there are quite a few that contributed to this 8-5 loss. Again, everyone. The offense was bad, the defense, the base running, the starter, the bullpen, top to bottom. Lyles allowed five earned runs today. He's allowed five or more earned runs in eight of his 19 starts this season. His one redeeming quality being that innings eater, he's given the team at least five innings in 17 of those 19 starts. Quick timeout. We get back to your thoughts after this. Burns Post Game Show on your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio, and the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Vern's Post Game Show. Here's Royals insider Josh Vernier. Just hearing that little, hey, Royals fans, this is Mike Sweeney. Uh, I think I, I think Mike Sweeney was in my dream last night. I think I offended Mike Sweeney in my dream last night. Welcome back. 8-5. Royals lose to the New York Yankees. They've dropped five in a row. They were swept in the Bronx. They now head to Cleveland to open up a three-game set with the Guardians. Uh, listen, if, if, if you're listening to this right now uh, live on this Sunday afternoon, uh, first of all, thank you. Pretty sure I love you. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, I definitely love you, especially if you subscribed and downloaded and did all those things. Um, but you're you're a baseball fan if you're listening right now. I cannot encourage you loudly enough to go watch the two speeches earlier today in Cooperstown by the newest members of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, Scott Rowland made me cry twice at the beginning and at the end. One of the best speeches. Uh, I'd say it's top ten. Top 10 speech I've ever heard, Scott Rowland. As far as the Baseball Hall of Fame, and I am a nerd about Hall of Fame induction speeches. I haven't missed one. Uh, baseball, basketball, football, I, I don't know the last time I've missed them. There's just so many lessons to be learned, not only about the sport, but also life. They're great. Uh, Rowland's was fantastic. Fred McGriff, I've never seen a moment like Fred McGriff's moment when he was announced, watching all the Hall of Famers on that stage come to their feet to shake Fred McGriff's hand. That told me all I needed to know about Fred McGriff, who I've always been a big fan of, loved watching him growing up. I've always been perplexed as to why it took so long for McGriff to make it to the Hall of Fame, why he needed the Veterans Committee. Uh, I was always puzzled by that. 493 home runs? A guy with 10 seasons of 30 bombs? And he's got to wait for the Veterans Committee? Watching the other Hall of Famers jump to their feet to welcome Fred in, that, that told you all you needed to know. Big leaguers know. Hall of Famers know another Hall of Famer. It was great. Um, 
The Royals game, not as great. No, no. Royals lose for the 73rd time this season. They've only played 101 games. Yeah, they, they lose for the 73rd time, and, and everyone was culpable in this one. Uh, offensively, so many chances to come through with a runner in scoring position. Royals one for seven with runners in scoring position. Offense, or excuse me, on the mound, your starting pitcher gave up four runs in the first. Your closer gave up three runs in the eighth. Base running, your leadoff hitter got picked off of first base. And defensively, your gold glove caliber first baseman made a back-breaking error that turned into a pair of runs. Yeah, it was one of those type of days. It, it wasn't the usual script of 2023. The usual script is some good, more bad, and the bullpen gave up some runs. Now, there was some good, and there was more bad, and I guess the bullpen gave up some runs. Okay, so maybe this one did follow the script. The good, by the way, if you're wondering, MJ Melendez, a pair of hits. He doubled in the sixth and came around to score on Michael Massey's home run, and he hit a, a single in the eighth inning as the Royals were threatening. MJ has a hit in nine of his last ten games. Nine of the ten games since the All-Star break, he's hitting two ninety-seven with four doubles and a home run. So good news on the MJ front, good news on the Bobby Witt Jr. front, as always of late. I mean, Bobby's got an 800 OPS in his last 50 games. 14 stolen bases and an 800 OPS in his last 50 games. 28 stolen bases on the season. That's good for fourth best in Major League Baseball. All right, let's go back to the text line, the J Southland Toe Service text line, 913-586-7610. Again, that's 913-586-7610. I always chuckle at texts like this from the 816. Vern, why should we care about this team? Yeah, that's not my job. My job is to talk about this team with people that already care. If you don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm, that's, that's, that's not my job. That's John Sherman's job and people that he employs' job. From the 785, Vern, it's time to shut Scott Barlow down except for mop-up work. They're just hurting his perceived trade value with every appearance now. Okay, well, what do you call that in the eighth inning? You were losing. That's mop-up work. Right? I, who else would you have gone to in that eighth inning? Down by two runs. You, you, you're just getting working. That's what that was. That was mop-up work. Scott Barlow normally struggles in mop-up work. From the 913, Vern, another Royals game that I decided to ride the money line bet with our boys in blue. Yeah, I did too. I did too. I told you that earlier today on the On Deck Show. My double play uh, did not pay off. Honestly, I think I was too hyped this morning because it was Hall of Fame induction Sunday. I, I was in a really good mood. I, I This is one of my favorite days of the year. So, yeah, I was fired up, maybe a little too fired up. Uh, thankfully, Jay Binkley gave you all a big winner today. Told you that Bobby was going to steal, uh, steal a base. Nice job, Jay Binkley, who now finds himself in fourth place. Only Alex Gold, Carrington Harrison, and Rob Brenton 
have made you more money on our on-deck show and our double play. We do it each and every day. We give you the top bets, the top plays in that Royals contest. Nice job, Jay Binkley. All right, let's go back to the phone calls. 913-586-7610. Let's go to Big T and Shawnee. Big T, you're on the postgame show. Go ahead. Yeah, hey, Vern, you just stole my thunder, man. I was going to give a shout-out to Bink, and that's one of the things that made me happy today was piggybacking that stolen base. So way to go, Bink, and give him a shout-out again. Uh, so good calls today, man. One one call that stood out, I, I really got me going. Even though, you know, those losses on Sunday bummed me out, I want to get a win on Sundays because, you know what, the next day is Monday. Mondays suck. When we win on Sunday, it makes Monday suck just a little bit less. But the, right. the, the lady that cu- was talking about the gas house gang, Vern, hell yeah, that don't pump you up. And then how about you, Vern? How about you talking about Roland, Scotty Roland in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, you listen to her. Go back and look at those speeches. Watch it. It's it's awesome if you're awesome. a baseball fan. It'll make your head tingle. And and I love uh, the crime dog, Fred McGriff, man. That that was just when, when you hear Berman uh, do that nickname, that was just legendary. That's good stuff. Is you he know, the one Jordan that came Lyle. up with it? I think it was, Vern. I'm not sure. I'm okay. just I thought it was. I'm you're I'm a little bit older. You're a little bit you're in between me, so maybe we could figure that out. But I thought it was uh uh Lynn Berman that gave him that name, but I'm not for sure on that. So we can maybe investigate that. But Vern Okay. Uh, yeah, Jordan Lyles, man, he got off to a rocky start and you know, there's another thing with the checklist, Vern. It, the, uh-huh. the Yankees. The damn Yankees, hell yeah. I, I like that that name reference too, because that's how I grew up. They brought out the broom on our asses, and and come on, guys, let's get it together, man. Let's get it together. We need a victory. We need to snap this. We're here. We're here for you, but we need a win every now and then, Vern. Hey, have a happy Saturday, Vern. Appreciate you, buddy. Hey, thank you, Big T. Thanks to Mark on the text line. Appreciate that. Very nice of you to uh, take the time to write something that nice. From the 515, Vern, how do you rank the Aroldis Chapman move? Because that's all this new front office. Yeah, you're right. No doubt. Uh, I like it right now, um, but just like it's not worth grading a draft until you're three, four years down the line, I don't think it's really worth grading grading a trade until we're at least a year removed. Maybe next year at the deadline, we'll, we'll look back on what Cole Reagans has done for this team. If Cole Reagans is giving you innings, consistent innings, taking the ball every fifth day at this time next year, I'll call it a win. That's what this team needs. Reliable starting pitching. If he can be that, and I'm not saying a sub-3 ERA, I'm not even saying a sub-4 ERA, but if he can take the ball every single day, excuse me, every fifth day, Give you five innings and a chance to win, six innings and a chance to win, an ERA in the low fours. I'll call it a win. John Admission writes in, Vern, it's time to retire the gladiator helmet. It's got the stink on it. Here's an idea. Win three games in a row and then come up with something else. Until then, no more bombastic celebration of home runs. John, I'm, uh, I don't disagree. I don't, but I wasn't really a big fan of it from the outset. I think most of those home run celebrations around Major League Baseball are whack. Unless it's organic, it's whack. 
And yeah, it might have the stink on it. Way too many guys that I like that have the stink on them. It's ruined too many guys that I like in this Royals jersey over the past few seasons. I mean, ruined them. Some have gotten away and rid themselves of that stink and have been able to flourish elsewhere. You've got to get rid of that stink. And you know what's odd is I know you guys are nodding. You know exactly what I'm talking about when, when, when John brings up the stink or I talk about the stink. Whit Merrifield knows what I'm talking about. Brad Keller knows what I'm talking about. Uh, James from Raytown writes in, Vern Nick Prado seems confused, both defensively and offensively. Time to move him back to Omaha. James, I understand the thought process. I really do. Um, uh, forgive me for the long pause. Um, I'm just trying to think of, if, if is there something to be gained for Nick Prado to go to Omaha? Because there certainly isn't a replacement. It's not as if he's holding anybody back. Not in my opinion. You know, Matt Duffy's going to get those starts. Uh, hopefully Matt Beatty can get healthy. Matt Beatty's going to get those starts. So Prado's not holding anybody back. So it's not as if, okay, yeah, let's let, let's let him go breathe in Omaha and we'll give this guy the ABs. You don't have that guy. Uh, but... Nah, I'm not there yet. I, I'm not there yet. I, I'm not saying you're wrong, James, but I'm not there yet with Nick Prado. Now, he's. Th this was the worst series of his Royals career, no, no doubt about it. Uh, but, I, but I'm not there yet. I, I don't know if the benefit is there. I, I don't know if he needs that mental break. I'm not saying uh, you're wrong. You, you might be right. You might be ahead of the curve, to be quite honest with you. He, he might need that mental break he might need to go find his confidence you might be right but i'm not there yet a few more from the j southland tow service text line from the 918 uh, Vern, i don't have much to say about this game or really this team um, so instead i'll ask this how frustrating is it to struggle like this how do you media guys get paid to ask questions for a living? I swear I feel for Matt Quatrero. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I know what you're talking about. Now we, 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 yeah, yeah, Q was asked, hey, um, how much does it suck to suck? That, that, that was basically a question that was posed to the manager after the game. Not, not a great question. No, 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 but. Listen, as someone that's there for most post-game press conferences and doesn't always ask questions, it's tough. I'm, I'm, respectfully, I'm just not that curious very often. So uh, a hat tip to Jalen Thompson of the Kansas City Star and to Annie Rogers of MLB.com. Neither one of them were the ones asking that question. But credit to them for always having something to ask Matt Quatrero this season because I certainly don't. That's not a knock on him. That's just, well, what do you say? From the 816, Vern, all aspects of this team need to work in unison. None of them are good enough to pick up the others when they're down, so right now it's just all downhill together. Yeah, yeah, you, you, um, you'd love to have that starting pitcher 
that says, all right, boys, get on my back. I'm throwing eight scoreless today. That, that James Shields, Kevin Apier, Brett Saberhagen. Again, I'm naming three guys going over the past 50 years of Royals baseball. Zach Granke in 2009, but even Granke's not one of the guys who follow me, friends. Follow me, boys. No, that's not, that's not Zach. No, you don't have that starter. Uh, and shoot, you don't have a bullpen. Right now, the, the type of bullpen that would allow a starter to go seven scoreless and hand it off for a clean eighth and ninth. I, I don't know if Carlos would give you a clean eighth. I don't know if Barlow would give you a clean ninth. And for as impressive as Bobby has been, for as solid as Michael Garcia has been, Garcia, by the way, today, his 19th multi-hit game. That's third on the team. Salvi's got 22, Bobby has 29 multi-hit games. Michael, third on the team with 19. For as good as he's been, for as great as Salvi's career has been, shoot, Salvi's been trying, like you're saying, trying to put the team on his back for years, and it's led him to 60 wins, 68 wins. It's not enough. Bobby, Michael, and Salvi, certainly not enough to carry the wins on any sort of consistent basis. Royals lose today 8-5. We go back to the Jay Southland Tow Service text line. Quickly mention that Kyle Isbell has four extra base hits in the last five games. From the 816, Vern, is it safe to say the Royals are the worst team in American professional sports? If so, what's step one to get out of the hole? Boy, you asked the wrong guy that question. Because freshman year of college, I remember, I think the best grade I got on any speech in my speech class was why the Detroit Lions are the worst professional sports team in the history of America. Nobody's worse than the Detroit Lions. They have one playoff victory since 1957. They've never been to the Super Bowl. They've been to one NFC Championship game in the history of the NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl era. No. No. The Detroit Lions are by far the worst. Once the Arizona Cardinals went to the Super Bowl, it was a wrap. Lions, by far. You got two Super Bowl championships. Last time the Lions won anything, they didn't even wear helmets. You kidding me? You got four pennants and George Brett. The Lions, great players, retire to get away from the team. Barry Sanders says, to hell with this. I'm out of here. Calvin Johnson, nope, can't do it anymore. George didn't want to play anywhere else. Salvi doesn't want to play anywhere else. Zach Greinke came back. No, please, do not compare the Royals. And the Detroit Lions. Oh, my God. Scott in Phoenix writes in, Vern, I honestly don't have any good answers other than this second half could very well be worse than the first half. And that could be devastating for the delicate psyche of everyone on this team, including Brady Singer, as you well noted. Yeah, Scott, you're right. And I'm not surprised that the second half is worse than the first. You lost to Roldis Chapman. Um, 
You, you, you might trade someone else, and if you're trading someone, that means they're adding value, so you're going to lose value prior to this trade deadline. Daniel Lynch is now on the shelf for at least another week and a half. No, it's it's, it's not getting better. And, yeah, that, that, that psyche that you talk about, that's the stink. Brady Singer does not want the stink. It's surrounding him, and he's doing everything he can to just keep it off him. It's like being around people that still smoke cigarettes. Just... Stay away. You're going to get that stink on me. I'm not judging. I, I smoked for way too long. Got anything else on, uh, no, Sacramento Kings? Have they been around long enough to be a no? No, they haven't. The, the, again, 1957 was the last time the Lions won anything of note. There's no way the Sacramento Kings were around in 1957. Yeah. No one is in the stratosphere of that pathetic franchise in Michigan. Uh, Kathy in LA writes in, Vern, I don't blame Bobby for trying to steal bases when he's behind. Sometimes you got to manufacture runs any way you can, but being picked off of first base like Michael was, that is a different story. Uh, good news regarding Michael Garcia. Let me say something positive about the young man. He is hitting 288 since the beginning of June. It's 44 games, 10 stolen bases, an OPS of 722. Yeah, sure, big mistake today. Uh, big. Uh, one of many mistakes today by the Royals was committed by Michael Garcia. But, again, as we now have 61 games remaining in this evaluation season, if Bobby Witt Jr. is getting the gold medal, Michael Garcia is getting the silver. If there is a podium stand for champions of this awful season, it's Bobby, it's Michael. And I don't know who's third right now. I'd say Daniel Lynch, but he's now back on the IL. I think it's still Daniel Lynch. That's unfortunate. Oh, good for him, though. Hey, thanks to Grant Nicholson for the help back at the studio. Appreciate it. Thanks for grinding through this one with me. 8-5, Royals lose. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, Kansas City. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning on Fesco in the morning. Take care. You've been listening to Vern's Post Game Show. Diving is MJ Melendez. Did he make that catch? He did! Check out the All Things Vern channel on 610sports.com and the Odyssey app to stay up to date with your boys in blue. And a swing and a miss. He struck him out with a fastball. Seventh strikeout for Daniel Lynch. On your home of the Royals, 610 Sports Radio. We now take you back to regularly scheduled programming.